0: brought to you by Toyota. Let's go places. Welcome to Forward Thinking.
2: Hey there and welcome to Forward Thinking, the podcast that looks at the future and says life in plastic, it's fantastic. I'm Jonathan Strickland. I'm Lauren Vogelbaum.
3: And I'm Joe McCormick. And today we're going to be talking about one of the most Fun topics we've ever done in a pretty objective sense <laughs> because we're going to be talking <laughs> about toys.
2: Yeah. Yes. Yeah.
3: Actually a very specific and potentially creepy toy.
2: Uh, yes, a toy that has uh, had its share of controversy or controversy. Uh, over the course of its entire existence, although the particular one we're talking about now is a version that has not yet come out as of the recording of this podcast. Yes,
3: yeah, so I'm very excited to do some thinking about this particular toy, even though I've learned from one of the parodies of this toy that thinking gives you wrinkles. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <We> <laughs> okay, are of no, we should say yes about Hot Wheels.
3: No. <laughs> we're going to talk about Barbie. Lauren, this idea came from you. Where, where did you come across this idea? The
1: interwebs. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. I was on um, Twitter, I believe, and people were... We're posting links to this article about this this new Barbie that is coming out. It was just debuted at the 2015 Toy Fair in mm-hmm. New York. Uh, that was at the end of February. I
2: think that's a place, by the way, that we absolutely need to send some How Stuff Works people next year. If
1: by some How Stuff Works people you mean the three of us, that I'd would be totally that would be the you.
2: the best option. I mean, if I have to give it up, I would do it because I've been able to go to E3 in the past, and I feel like I shouldn't hog all the childlike joy out of the <laughs> office, but I definitely want to attend a toy fair at some point.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, especially because they are coming out with all of these wonderful new technologically advanced toys, and yeah. not just in terms of, like, what kind of plastics they use, although that's a whole other cool thing. Sure. Um, but but this, this Barbie doll that just gave It's called Hello, Barbie. Yes.
3: Oh, kind of like Hello, World or Hello, Kitty. Yeah,
1: Yeah. sure. Well, except it's it's a Wi-Fi-enabled Barbie doll that can have conversations with you. Like, if you talk to this doll, it will talk back. Well, that's
3: nothing new, because when I was a kid, people my age had dolls where you'd pull a string and it would say something like, (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
2: which (laughs) which you then interpreted as, burn the house, burn the house. Uh, yeah, I've seen that movie.
1: Uh, sh- sure, sure. Well, that that kind of thing has existed for a long time. Um, there's also the kind of uh, tape deck pre-recorded talking dolls, like like Teddy Ruck- Ruxpin. Sure, oh, um, yeah, yeah. the
2: ones where you'd have a cassette, you put uh-huh. the cassette in, and then the the bear would move its mouth and
1: in time to the words being in time read being on the tape. a
2: generous way of explaining what it was uh,
1: like <laughs> in time
2: ish. Uh, no, whoa,
3: such a such a rigid <laughs> hug.
1: Yeah, yeah, that yeah. that good, that good hard robot hug. Yeah. truly preparing us for the future. Well, yeah, if you no want to hug
2: your cassette player, it was pretty much the same thing. <laughs> Although
1: your cassette player never looked as funny when your older sister put a Slayer tape in it. Yeah. So, uh,
2: <laughs> yeah. Now, I to be fair, Teddy Ruxpin's mouth would not necessarily move in time with the <laughs> lyrics, but it was still pretty funny to see Teddy Ruxpin rocking out like that.
3: No, wait. So, Lauren, you're talking about something a little bit different than the pull string or the cassette player, or, right? Or
2: even the microchip-style toys. Like when the Star Wars prequels came out, all the figurines had microchips that would interact with playsets. And, you know, you could get them to – they they would stand on a little stand. You push a button and they would have quotes from that character from the movie. But if you got them in playsets and you put different combinations together, they would have full uh, exchanges, dialogue exchanges. Uh, Simpsons also had a set that mm-hmm. was like that. But this is even more complex than that.
1: Yeah, this is a concept of, of having a little speaker in Barbie and a little microphone in Barbie. And and uh, and using voice recognition so that Barbie knows what you're talking about and can respond Appropriately.
2: Yeah. Whoa. So so if you if you, uh, you know, I, I imagine in the early versions of this, the early stages, uh, a lot of the the Barbie dolls will be drawing upon a, a pretty standard array of various questions and and jokes and stories, that sort of thing that would prompt various responses that then the algorithm on the back end on the cloud side could uh, analyze and send the response that Barbie would give to the child. So you might have Barbie ask you, what's your favorite color? Or if the child were saying something about color, maybe then Barbie would ask, what's your favorite color? Because it recognizes the word color and then ends up pulling from this. Uh, but that's just the beginning. Right. I mean, this is one of those things that the the plan Mattel has for the Barbie doll. And we'll get more into this in a little bit is for writers to be able to build in new things that Barbie can say, get the voice actress in to record mm-hmm. those those words or phrases or whatever. And so the conversation trees can get more complex and there can be more of them as the life of the the program continues.
1: Ah, uh, right, because it's not—you're not talking to a single plastic product. You're talking to the cloud of mm. responses here. There is no onboard memory or negligible onboard memory for for this toy. It's all being stored and drawn upon through Wi-Fi in your house to a cloud of responses. Yeah. You're
3: talking to the mother brain. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> not to there's, Barbie. There's there's
2: a s- Cyber Barbie which has you know Skynet Barbie which has all the potential things that Barbie can say stored in it and then your Wi-Fi net- network communicates to that web server right. which then serves up the the appropriate response. Okay, so
3: I have never personally owned a Barbie doll before, but number 1, can I get one of these now? And number two, how much does it cost?
1: (laughs) Uh, Not yet. Yeah, not not yet. Um, Supposedly, it's going to be out in time for the 2015 holiday season
2: Yeah, it's sometime this fall is what Mattel has been saying. I don't think they gave a specific date yet, but they said they're aiming to have it out by the fall. They're still working on it. So this is still, you know, this is something that is not yet quite ready for consumer purchase. Uh, And the suggested retail price, according to an article I saw – I did not see this from Mattel, however – but according to an article, the suggested retail price is $74.99. So it's not cheap. It's it's a it's a fairly expensive uh, uh toy.
1: Sure, sure. I, you know, so some toys, a lot of toys with digital components do range up into that price, though uh most, you know, non-Wi-Fi connected run of the mill Barbies uh, are something like 10 to 20 bucks.
2: Now, presumably that price also builds into it the idea that this, this doll is perpetually going to be pulling from a service that is going to need its own maintenance. And, right, you know, right. And, you know, that's an ongoing cost for Mattel. And as far as I know, again, I haven't seen anything, but as far as I know, there's no sort of subscription <laughs> service. Like you don't have to continue, <laughs> like, like you're, you're, you don't have to worry about Mattel holding you hostage and that your child's going to come to you and say, Barbie doesn't talk anymore. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's why I started cracking up. Yeah. <laughs> the the idea of, of Barbie being like, "Oh, honey, I'd love to continue this conversation. Right. Ask one of your parents to get their credit card. Right. It's just a low monthly fee of 9.95. <laughs> you can do anything."
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wow uh, <laughs> that's that, that just the beginning of well, some no. of our more cynical and dark commentary we will have on this podcast oh, well, 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 no, what I, no, no, what this, I this
3: imagined is a... sorry was that your conversation with Barbie will continue after a brief message from our
2: sponsor <laughs> yeah again and i'm not I'm not criticizing us. I think we have to take a very critical eye to this approach because. It's, it's not that the approach itself is, is necessarily right or wrong, but there are ways to implement it that are clearly going to be better than other ways, right? There are things that we absolutely must be cognizant of. In order for something like this, which I think the idea of the toy is phenomenal. I think, I think about when I was a kid and I would play with toys that having this sort of capability to really kind of, uh, work with my imagination and, and to feed off of it without, uh, completely supplanting it. So it's not like, it's not like you're suddenly a passive audience member watching something. You are interacting with something. Mm -hmm. I love this idea, but I also realize that With this idea comes some concerns that we have to we have to be aware of and we have to make sure are addressed if we want to make sure this is done in a responsible way.
1: Absolutely. And I do want to posit right here at the outset that, that as goofy and kind of cynical as we're all probably going to get about this, I, I personally, I don't know about you guys, do think that Mattel is making a good faith effort to make this a good product that is not scary or serious. I agree. I agree. Or anything agree. like that. I, Every, everything I've read from them is pretty cool.
2: Yeah. I think, I think, uh, if we take the, the messages that we've seen from Mattel and we, we give them the benefit of the doubt saying that this is, in fact, uh, the direction they want to go in, they are they are doing this in a way that is uh, much more appropriate than how I've seen it handled in other recent cases that I'll talk about a little bit later in this episode.
3: Yeah, I certainly do at least like that in in, in the statements I've seen from Mattel and the people behind this product, they seem to be talking about how they want Barbie to be having conversations with uh, children about like their feelings and about career aspirations and things yeah. rather than let's buy makeup. So the boys will like us. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, th- this could definitely be. Uh, and I think I think the other cool thing is that it's a, it's a toy that will continue to evolve as far as its capabilities in communicating because of the way that Mattel is trying to continue to write for this doll. Sure. Uh I think it's also cool that that the largely the child's going to be the one to drive how the toy interacts with the child. Yeah. Right? The child the child's interactions are going to be what guide those kind of conversations. So, if So if you have insipid consumerist conversations <laughs>
3: with your Barbie doll, it's your own fault.
2: Well, I'm just saying that <laughs> if that's if if the child is interested in that sort of stuff, there's nothing I don't see anything wrong with oh, the doll having a I'm conversation just about it. You know. Oh, sure,
1: sure. and uh, Okay. Uh, well, let, let's get into a little bit here before sure. we pontificate too much more about um, <laughs> <who's>, <laughs> who exactly is behind all of this. Yeah. Because, of course, it's Mattel, which is the owner of Barbie. Yep. Uh, and they're, they're doing this in affiliation with a company called Toy Talk. Uh, which has made some interactive speech recognition involving apps. Yeah. Like like app games before. Mm -hmm. Um, But this is the first time they've moved into the toy market. Yeah. And the CEO is a guy by the name of Oren Jacob, who is the former CTO of Pixar.
2: So what he thought was, Hey, those Toy Story movies. Let's make it real.
1: <laughs> well no, I mean, he worked with Pixar for like twenty years. and and everything that I've read from him about this product is just nothing but excitement about like like the kind of market research that Mattel has done and and saying that the number one thing that they've always heard from kids. and and I do love this is a thing that i I'm so excited about in all of the press releases about this they use kids or boys and girls. It's yeah. never mm-hmm. specified that this is a toy for girls Which only. Which is
2: exactly why I say child as well. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it just, it makes me so happy. Anyway, so thank you guys. If anyone is listening that was responsible for that, like you are just making my heart grow three sizes. It's it's beautiful. Um. So, it, yeah, yeah. They're, they're talking about children asking for Barbie to be able to talk back to them and yeah. that this is them fulfilling this this genuine and interesting desire of their of their customer base.
2: Right. And and doing so in a way that's not limited to a a vocabulary of 50 phrases or less. Right. That's, uh, yeah. That's the kind of stuff we've seen in the past. Yeah.
1: But Barbie has talked before.
2: Yeah. Yeah,
3: she has.
1: <laughs> um, Barbie.
3: Apparently Barbie has not really listened before.
1: No. And that's really the thing. Yeah.
2: yeah. To make this an actual conversation as opposed to you are listening to uh, a series of very short monologues. So <laughs>
3: yeah. I, I'm curious how this is going to work. What, 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 how are they going to um, build this sort of like answer, like question, response or interaction database? How's that going to actually function between the cloud and the doll? and the child interacting with it.
2: Okay. Well, I mean, we can talk about both the technology and the the sort of uh, the writing process side of it because it's all part and parcel. So just from a pure technology standpoint, we're talking about a doll that has some form of Wi-Fi receiver in it that can oh, transmitter actually because it can transmit and receive a transceiver, I guess I should say. Um, so it connects to your Wi-Fi network presumably, I would hope it has some form of password security that's included because you want that to be uh, a secure point. You don't want it to be an entry point into your Wi-Fi network, but whatever. Uh, So she is able to connect into the Wi-Fi network, and then you have a button on the belt buckle of the Barbie doll that you can press that activates the microphone. At that point, you can speak to uh, the microphone, which is uh, in Barbie's necklace in this doll. Mm-hmm. And then it will send that message to the cloud-based server, which will use uh, speech and voice recognition algorithms to analyze that, and Barbie will respond. And we'll try to respond in a way that matches whatever was said to Barbie. So if you said, again, something that mentioned color, she might ask you what your favorite color is.
1: Yeah. Or if, or if you say, uh, you know, I really want to be a veterinarian when I grow up, then maybe she'll start talking to you about how to be a veterinarian.
2: Maybe if you're saying uh, it's time to go to bed now, she said, would you like me to tell you a story? You know, it could be that sort of stuff. And (laughs) let's defy mom and stay up, (laughs) (laughs) rebel against the system. Uh, So originally, this is going to be based upon whatever Mattel has kind of accumulated upon the launch of the the product, where they've had a voice actress come in, record the lines for Barbie, and they have this this range of things to draw upon. What they will also be able to do is analyze the incoming messages sent by children who have talked into the microphone and got sent up to the cloud based server. To see the sort of things that kids are talking about and then be able to address those things more directly, have writers look at that and say, there are a lot of kids who are talking about this one thing that we didn't even we didn't even consider when we were first writing all the, the potential dialogue here. So let's write some new things, get the voice actress back in, re-record some stuff.
1: Mm-hmm. As it turns out, uh, rocks are really popular, so let's get someone to talk about geology. Yeah, yeah,
2: it could very well be something like that. Or maybe there's some story that ends up having everyone suddenly really interested in marine biology. Mm-hmm. And it might be, oh, let's, let's have some, some interesting stuff around that. About we talk dolphins
1: about or whales. Yeah. Or, yeah,
2: sure. Exactly. And the idea being that this, in this way, you could have a continuously evolving uh toy, one that would be able to have new interactions, and you would not have that case of hearing the same thing said four thousand times and and your your child gets bored with this toy, you know the seventy five dollar toy uh so you know it has it has a promise of continuing and perhaps even you could argue increasing value because of the different interactions that can happen. Uh so that's the, the idea and really ultimately it's not that that complicated. You know, it's it's a pretty simple system, apart from the fact that you do have to consider it's a very sophisticated algorithm to to uh recognize speech and voice so that you can actually send appropriate responses back down. But everything else is, you know, fairly simple. A, a transceiver and a microphone's really and, and a battery source, some power source is all you need for the doll. And uh, that is is kind of the basics for how this works and how it's supposed to continue to operate over, you know, however long Mattel supports it.
3: Uh, I can imagine one of the reasons Mattel might be looking at things like this, apart from just, you know, admirable ambition and pushing the boundaries of what toys can do, is that apparently Barbie sales have been down. One of you all put a note in the, the outline about this, and I was reading about it, that the, the sales have been down recently, and I can – sort of understand why, because people have been kind of getting real about Barbie for a long time now, like about uh, her unrealistic body proportions, and that might not be a healthy thing to be, you know, pounding into kids' brains that you should somehow be looking like a Neptunian hourglass monster, (laughs) (laughs) right? Uh, uh, or presenting this kind of narrowly constrained, old-fashioned face of femininity. Sure. Mm and I mean, people have sort of rightly been asking the question for a long time like, where's Barbie the bomb disposal officer? And where's Barbie the uh, astrophysicist? Uh, ah, yeah, sure,
1: are. sure. And it's gotten better.
3: Yeah, yeah. Uh, but that's a real
1: like... short punt. So yeah,
3: yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. So I'm not surprised a lot of parents have been less inclined to push Barbie dolls on their kids these days. Even if Barbie has been improving lately, there's sort of a lot of catching up to do mm-hmm. in terms of uh, I don't know what you might call the sort of like progressive credentials of Barbie. Right. Um. But you can also see for this reason why they'd want to take Barbie in a new direction, have Barbie do something that Barbie's never done before. Mm-hmm. Right. And yeah. so, so it makes sense to me, and and frankly. I'm interested to see what a toy like this could do. I mean, I I don't know if I'd spend the seventy whatever dollar price tag, but uh, I I was kind of thinking, oh man, I'd almost buy one of these just to see what it's capable <laughs> you know, of. Yeah. I, I don't
2: I don't mean to throw a suggestion into your heads or anything, but we do work for a company called How Stuff Works, and this is something worthwhile of research, I would say. So technically we could probably see about buying one of these on the company dime right. and I you cannot know,
3: wait to disassemble a hello barbie
1: also like we've got extra mics guys we could have guest star barbie that's true <laughs> on this
2: podcast could, i'm totally in favor of this i'm not even joking <laughs> like, all right all right well, well at any rate okay well to talk
3: about the implications of this, Barbie, I think we could just do a really quick refresher on sort of the, the history of speech recognition. Like, where are we now in, in speech recognition and how did we get here?
2: Right. Well, if, if you look back at the history, the timeline of speech recognition and voice recognition, a lot of them also include things like uh, the representation of voice, like the synthes, uh, synthesizing voice. I'm not going to bother with any of that. That that dates all the way back to like the 1930s. But mm-hmm. if you're getting into actual speech and voice recognition, in 1969, and you had John Pierce of Bell Labs essentially state that it was going to be decades away because it was going to require artificial intelligence. Uh, as it turns out, it didn't take that long for at least the uh, early advances in speech recognition and voice recognition to, to really kind of uh, get get the ball rolling. Uh, in the 1970s, you had a guy named Lenny Baum from, from Princeton University who used the hidden Markov modeling approach to speech and voice recognition. Uh, that's a largely a pattern recognition uh, methodology where you start to be able to to narrow down categories of stuff based upon input. Uh, and that ended up being the basis for a lot of speech and voice recognition over the next few decades. Uh, DARPA got involved in the early 70s and created the Speech Understanding Research Program, which involved a ton of different research facilities and universities, had some decent funding for five years, and really got things off the ground. 1984, you have the founding of SpeechWorks, which is a company that uh, creates over-the-telephone automated speech recognition technology. By 95, you started getting dictation speech recognition software, although it was somewhat limited. uh, You had to speak each word very distinctly from every other word. You couldn't just speak uh, without pauses. I'm sure it was a problem for Chekhov. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> Very likely. Uh, but several different uh entities came out with speech recognition software that year, including Kurzweil. We'll talk about Kurtzweil a little bit later as well, or at least I'll mention him. Uh, by 1997, a company called Dragon Systems released a continuous speech dictation software so you could just speak the way I am now and it could continuously dictate.
1: Natural language recognition. Sure. Yeah.
2: At least to the point where it could transcribe it, if not understand it. Uh, by the late 1990s, Microsoft really began to invest heavily in voice and speech recognition companies like Kurzweil and Entropic. Uh, by 2007, Siri Incorporated was founded. Uh, it would be incorporated into Apple iPhones by 2011. Mm-hmm. Uh, 2008, Google would introduce Google Voice Search to iPhones. So, it, th- this was the point where we were getting into more of the natural language recognition, not just being able to transcribe, but to actually parse it and and figure out what a person was asking for. Uh, and we're still on that journey, right? We're not at the destination yet. So right now, we've got voice commands being incorporated into all sorts of technology, smartphones, smart televisions, uh set-top boxes, video game consoles, security systems in some cases. Uh, And we're still, like I said, trying to get to that point where natural language is no longer a barrier, where I can speak to a machine the way I would speak to a person and the machine would, quote unquote, understand what I'm saying and respond appropriately. So that's kind of where we're at.
1: So, I mean, so really, whatever you think about this Barbie doll, it is awesome technologically speaking yeah that that this is this kind of technology that you know that DARPA and Ray (laughs) Kurzweil have worked on is coming to a Barbie doll
2: right that's it's gonna be something that a child can interact with yeah but obviously there is some
3: controversy
2: oh yeah mega controversy in the case of this I mean and and it's understandable I mean we're talking about a toy that children are going to interact with regularly, and it's one that can uh, uh, pick up and transmit voices to a, a separate server and get responses back. But beyond that, if writers are going to write new content based upon the things that children are saying to this doll, that means people are looking at what your kids are saying. And it could very well be a case of is this technological uh, advantage worth the fact that we are going to have to give up some privacy in the process? And that amount of privacy may depend upon the way your kid interacts with the doll or whether or not the kid carries the doll everywhere. And perhaps you (laughs) maybe you work for the Department of Defense and you can't have a doll in the house that could potentially record something you say and upload it. That seems like an extreme example. But there are a lot of people who work in very sensitive jobs who could not have something like this in their homes and be completely free of fear that it was going it was never going to come back and haunt them.
1: Oh, sure. Well, I mean, and, you know, furthermore, this is a toy being marketed two kids by a giant corporation and how much, how much can we trust this giant corporation? Like, are, are they genuinely doing this because they want to provide an awesome thing to kids or are they doing it? Are they doing it to make money? Are they doing it to hear your child's innermost thoughts? You know? Yeah.
2: Yeah. The innermost thoughts thing is the one I think is probably the least likely simply because I've listened to kids talk (laughs) and I don't, I couldn't really care less about what they have to say. No, I'm, I'm definitely being grumpy old man in that case. But but seriously, I don't I don't think that's as big a concern as the fact that, I mean, clearly children may end up speaking to a doll and say things that they wouldn't say to perhaps other people mm-hmm. because it's a doll that they're talking to, not a person, mm-hmm. and that could end up doing things like what if the kid is uh, is expressing. Uh, Uh, an opinion about a parent in a way that could be misinterpreted. Perhaps everything in the home is fine, but it could be misinterpreted. Or let's say that the kid is expressing an opinion that isn't being misinterpreted. These are some serious ethical questions. If you've got people who are reviewing this stuff and they're seeing some statements that are raising eyebrows— What's their role in that? Do they report
1: that? Yeah, I mean, is 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 Hello Barbie going to be giving testimony at divorce proceedings? I mean, this, like, is, wh-
2: this is a serious question. It's, I mean, it's you 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 know, it's not the intent. You, I mean, it could never be the intent because that would bring Mattel into liability issues that no company wants to get oh, into. Oh, sure, sure, but. It's one of those things that you really, once you think beyond the, the original scope and purpose of the toy, you know that there are a lot of problems, whether it's a, a privacy issue or ethics and morality, however you want to define it. There are a lot of questions that this raises. And the thing is that we all have this technology, or maybe not all of us, but many of us have this kind of technology incorporated into a lot of the stuff we have right now, but we're adults. And it's a little different when you're an adult and you can make that decision. And uh, as opposed to and presumably you could be cognizant enough to turn things off if you needed to, Mm -hmm. as opposed to being a kid.
1: Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I'm just picturing, like, what kind of conversation you have to have with your child. Like, like, so, honey, this is Barbie. She'll talk back to you now. Uh, Also, by she, I mean, a team of script writing adults in California somewhere who are strangers, so maybe don't tell Barbie anything. Right. Ah, like like how do you I you know, between the hours it's not of that... six
2: and eight, don't press Barbie's belt buckle. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's not that kids are incapable of of parsing that kind of information from you. It's just that I'm I'm concerned about whether or not parents would be having those kind of conversations with their sure. kids. And and I'm concerned you know I, I'm inherently squicked out by the idea of a stranger listening to anyone's speech like i i find that
2: very creepy now we personally I, we don't know to what extent any child's interaction with this doll would be identifiable to a specific sure. person we do know that they are supposed to be uh, customized so that the doll learns the child's name over time and can actually say the child's name but, again, we don't know necessarily that that is associated with a particular ID. I mean, it could be that on the Mattel side, the, the server side, that every uh, doll essentially is given the unique identifier that doesn't – that is not directly connected to an actual human being's personal identity.
1: Uh, sure, sure. There's no profile that's saying like, hey, this is
2: – Susie Johnson or right, whatever. Right, right. Yeah, uh-huh. it, it but... could be. but But as we all know – it does not take very much information for any system of sufficient uh, depth to identify a person based on just a few pieces of data, mm-hmm. right? Like we have discussed that if if you give out your uh, your zip code, that alone, like your zip code and maybe the the uh, the make and model of your car can be enough to identify a specific person like that. It it gets to this thing where there doesn't need to be that much data out there for a person to be directly identifiable. And again, unless you're monitoring everything the child is saying to the doll, maybe Which there is are, also creepy. Yeah. There are other ways, of course, the child, the child might end up saying things that just, that just identify who the kid is based upon the things that are being said. There are other questions as well. For example, uh, is the information encrypted? It better be. (laughs) <laughs> like, it, cause if it's not encrypted, then that, then someone listening in could hear this stuff.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and that's the concern about anything that's going on over any kind of internet, but especially Wi-Fi.
2: Yeah. Uh, there was a, one of the examples I was going to bring up, uh, the Samsung Smart TV. Did you guys hear about the brouhaha yeah. about that?
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
2: So smart TV that has voice interactivity with it, uh, voice commands. And uh, this was one of those things that the media really ran with. And some people object to the fact that they that Samsung was kind of singled out in this way. But here's the story. So uh, the Daily Beast did this look at the policies of Samsung that relate directly to the smart TV. And it mentioned that the uh, the stuff you said to the television would get recorded and sent to a third party, which raised a lot of eyebrows. They're like, well, I don't want. I don't want a television spying on me and sending this stuff to a third party that's going to end up using it for marketing research or whatever, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever purposes. And Samsung was saying, no, no, no. The third party is there to work on the voice recognition to make sure that the system gets more robust and more usable over time. And uh and this is a system that you initiate by using a specific phrase. In this case, it would be hi TV and then whatever command you wanted to say. Just as if you were using an Xbox One and you wanted to use the connect, you would say Xbox and then the command. Uh so it's an activation phrase. It's not recording everything all the time, always and sending it off someplace. That was more or less the story the media kind of went with, was that you essentially have an open mic to the Internet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but one of the things that Samsung really didn't do very well was that they had said the the communication was encrypted. So that when you used your television, it added an encryption layer so that anyone who intercepted that message would not be able to see what it actually said. Turns out it was unencrypted. It was unencrypted and then it was sending a transcript of what you said back to your TV and the transcript was also unencrypted. So two chances for someone listening in to see what you had said. Now, granted, you were probably saying something like volume up or volume down, but there's the potential (laughs) that you could have also had another conversation going on that got picked up or Mm -hmm. other elements that could have been picked up. And it raised the question of, well, what if someone were to get access to the hardware Remotely or otherwise, and activate it so that the mic is always on and unencrypted. then you just have a bug you 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 have got a an electronic bug that's also an appliance in your house. Sure,
1: sure. And at that point, you know, like like pick your paranoia poison, you know, are, are you worried about a hacker getting into your system and uh I don't know figuring out when you're home and when you're not home and when it's safe for someone to go break in. Yeah. Uh, are are you worried about the NSA listening to what you say and, you know, the new American Gestapo eventually coming and busting down your door? <laughs> uh
2: Right. Yeah, the the idea being that even if no one is actively listening to you, we know That there are organizations like the NSA that are fully capable of building out this enormous database of recorded material and then being able to search for it. Again, using things like speech and voice recognition and transcription services where using a search algorithm, they can pull up stuff just using keywords. So even if you're saying, well, no one is directly monitoring what we're talking about, that stuff is being put in a, is potentially being put in a place where it could be reviewed at a later date. And it's still there. And whether you feel like, well, I don't do anything wrong, that's not the point. It's a privacy issue, not necessarily, you know, someone doing something right or wrong. Yeah,
3: I've said this before on the podcast, I believe, but anybody who ever makes the argument that, well, if you're not doing anything wrong, you've got nothing to hide, right? Just say, okay, can I read all your email?
2: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I mean –
3: it's it's ridiculous. So, yeah. No, anybody who says that just hasn't thought about the issue. I mean,
2: yeah. you, you just people want certain things private. Yeah, and, and there's nothing wrong with that necessarily. Uh, so, the you know there are a lot of a lot of potential concerns with this this doll. Now, Mattel's part has they they've said that the things that are going to be recorded are meant specifically for building out that database of of potential things that Barbie could talk mm, about
1: to to improve the doll.
2: To improve the doll, to improve speech and voice recognition as well, which is Mm -hmm. an element of AI. So Mm -hmm. that is also an admirable thing to do. And they've said that they will not use it for marketing purposes. Now, I don't know if that means they won't. They might still use it for marketing research like a focus group. So, for example, if kids say that you know, they talk to Barbie and say that they really wish they had such and such or whatever. You know, like some idea, whatever
1: of, accessory or
2: playset, playset exactly. Like something, something or... specific. Then, then maybe Mattel would say, "We should do another run of that." You know, or mm-hmm. we should build out this thing and market it because that's a good idea. Or yeah, but that's a lot...
1: why don't we have geologist Barbie? Let's do it. Yeah, sure.
2: yeah. Now that's a lot different from having Barbie say to the kid, "Uh, you know." you like shoes, you should really look at this shoe accessory set that's available (laughs) in stores right now. That would be totally different.
1: Or like, oh, man, I really want a pony. (laughs) I'm the saddest Barbie ever because I don't have a pony. But
2: if only you got, you know, My Pony Princess from Mattel. Yeah. (laughs) Or Well,
3: I mean, the other thing would be like, Hey, it's good to see you again. Barbie's got a question for you. What features do your parents really want in a
2: luxury scenario? <laughs> yeah, that, that would also be inappropriate. And Mattel, for its part, has said that that's not going to happen. So, uh, and, and like we said, Mattel's been very good about responding to this sort of thing. It's clear that they have paid attention to some of the other stories that have come out over the past. And, and, and i don't think necessarily that they need to abandon this idea although there are petitions for that right
1: uh yeah there's there's a couple petitions out there that have a few thousand signatures each i yeah. i don't think that uh, i i personally although I, I approve of everyone's right to petition for things that they like or don't like i i don't think that that is going to be enough to stop production on the toy or and, anything and like i that.
2: think ultimately the best way of not uh supporting it is not to buy the toy sure you know I mean maybe if you're afraid that people you meet on the street are carrying a a hello Barbie surreptitiously on their person and pressing <laughs> the belt buckle repeatedly in that case you might need to get new friends <laughs>
3: yeah I mean it seems like boycotts or uh, boycotts and petitions for banning things are rarely effective for new uh like new products yeah. or new <laughs> works of art where they typically just bring more publicity. What what I think
2: right. what I think it might do, however, is is really convince Mattel that they need to make sure they are they are doing their due diligence in Uh, presenting this in the most responsible way. So making sure things like that encryption is in place, making sure that there is the capability to password protect any sort of Wi-Fi connectivity so that Barbie does not become an entry point to hackers getting access to your Wi-Fi network. Mm -hmm. Because, we we talked about uh, this on I think an episode of tech stuff maybe, but there was the story about the baby monitors that had oh, right. uh, yeah. No, they, this was on
3: here. Yeah, we talked on, about where where uh, there were internet connected baby monitors yeah. that got hacked by somebody who has started yelling at babies to tell them to wake up.
2: Well, and and hacked in the sense that if uh, if it doesn't have password protection or it has password protection but there is a a default password that no one ever bothers to change, mm-hmm. then you don't, there's not really any hacking <laughs> necessary. You, it's right. essentially an open connection for you to, to access. Uh, so, uh, so if, you know, it needs to have something that would prevent that from happening, you don't, again, you don't want someone to hack into the toy and have Barbie say inappropriate things to your kid. That would be, that would be that very would be upsetting. I, I would be upset.
3: You know, I have another question that may or may not be interesting. I'll see what you'll think. Okay. Before we get into the reasons that I think that this is actually really cool and could lead to good advances, uh, the question would be, is this necessarily a good thing in how children's speech develops? I mean, I don't know if we've ever had a situation before in history where children are going to be interacting back and forth continuously with a with a truly reactive electronic agent and i wonder how much that af- would affect the way a child learns to speak if this is a toy that you're giving to a very young child mm-hmm. who's you know still developing their own speech patterns do you know what i mean
1: uh I- yeah yeah well there are a lot of um uh talking uh, robotic uh, books and apps and uh, computer programs that, for certainly the past decade, maybe maybe fifteen or twenty years, even children have been using. To learn to read or to
2: uh, increase vocabulary, increase their vocabulary, and, uh, stuff like that. Uh,
1: sure. Or even just, you know, in playing games, that's something that I think that more kids of, of this up and coming generation are more used to. So I, I haven't personally read research about it. But although,
2: I w- I, you know, I would say that since the things that Barbie says are completely controlled by the, the by Mattel, they can make certain that Barbie is speaking properly. Is using grammar properly. You could even have Barbie be able to answer questions about that sort of thing if that ended up being uh, of interest. Now I doubt that we would ever get to a point where we have Barbie c- correcting people's grammar because
3: I, I think that would I think that would just be obnoxious. Barbie's like, "Ain't ain't a word, or, stupid." Or,
1: or Man, you know, grammar so like, Nazi Barbie. I want that
2: toy.
3: No, I. Right. I did. Nobody's like, going to want that. They're right.
2: Like if the if 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 the if the child says I did good on my test, it's just, no, you did well on your test, which is odd because you don't know how to say well versus good. That that would have been, you know, the obnoxious. Yeah, yeah. But I think that you know the fact that you could you it, the nice thing is that Barbie's not just randomly constructing yeah. sentences from a huge group of, of potential words. words right, right. Where she could start speaking like Yoda, she's going to be speaking in a way that's all that, scripted. Yeah, yeah. Is yeah. scripted.
3: I think you make a good point, Lauren. I, I I maybe I was overestimating the degree to which this is different than things that came before. I'm just thinking because uh, because it seems to be offering something that's a, a sort of heightened level of interactivity that oh, right, it actually right. learns from the child. But, yeah, children already do interact with a lot of, like, sort of speech-driven electronic media, things that talk at them, just maybe not quite in the same way as we're talking here. So maybe maybe it wouldn't make that big a difference.
2: It it also – it kind of – I mean I understand why some people are finding this sort of creepy because it reminds me of what my initial reaction was when Google Now came out. Mm-hmm. And Google Now is uh, – like I, I get these little, little notifications on my phone. And a lot of them are prompted by my browsing habits using Google Chrome. And all of this is because I have a, you know, my Android phone connects through a Google account. So it's all in its same sort of playhouse. And if I pull up those, those things, if I've done something like searched for flights to a, a different city, uh, then it might give me information about that city, like things that are happening at the time when I was doing the the search, saying, oh, this weekend at that city you were interested in is this thing. So if you're going to go there, you might want to check this out. At first it starts seeming creepy because it's like, well, how does this thing know so much? And then you realize, oh, it's just taking the information that I'm using in all of my activities and kind of collating it and curating it in an easy, easily digestible way. So it seems creepy in a in you know first glance, but then it just becomes really useful. Uh, I I could see the same sort of reaction with this. The idea being that it's a doll that gradually b- gets to know more and more about the child and how to interact with that child based upon the things that the child seems interested in.
3: Yeah. So on the other hand, I think we should look at some of the cool things mm-hmm. that this could actually do for the future because it, it seems like a a toy like this is more advantageous than just that it's fun for kids. Like, we could actually learn things from it. Sure. For example, I mean, how to keep developing uh, speech recognition, for one thing. Yeah, this is
2: one of those things that we've seen lots of development over the last several decades, but it's kind of slowed down. Mm -hmm. Like, this is one of the reasons, actually, why I think it's amazing that uh, Kurzweil is a futurist who believes in the singularity because uh he has this very strong belief that the singularity is just a couple of decades away very very close now uh and yet he also worked heavily in speech and voice recognition where it's clear that technological progression does not no, does not go at the same rate for every kind of technology
1: oh yeah yeah and, and things tend to plateau during certain uh cultural or economic or or technological, or technological
2: challenges. Right, yeah. Sure. You'll have something happen, and You're just like, oh, well, we kind of hit a roadblock. And it's not that we're never going to get around it. It's just it slowed us down. Mm-hmm. Right. We're not we're not progressing at that same, uh, uh, you know, ge- uh, uh, geometric rate that we were earlier. And uh, so but it does mean that we can continue to improve on that, which is part of artificial intelligence. So. Uh, it means that it's helping push the discipline of artificial intelligence further, which mm-hmm. is exciting. Yeah. 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 Uh, the mad
3: scientist in me thinks like, man, uh, with proper consent, you could use this to learn fascinating things about the development of language in humans. But then again... I'm sure there are tons of questions about how it would be difficult to wrangle that kind of experimentation ethically. And well, like, especially
2: we – would... like you'd also have to factor in so many other different variables, things like the region that you're talking about. The, yeah. the... Now, granted, you also have to keep in mind this is a very expensive toy. Yeah. and it also requires that you have that Wi-fi connection now granted because the toy is so expensive it's probably pretty safe to bet that the people who are buying it are also people who have Wi-fi but it means, it means that if you were doing any kind of social study on that you're looking at a particular
1: demographic s- yeah demographic well, a sliver yeah sure. yeah
3: if you were trying to base it on who na- who just bought them naturally as opposed to like where you you know Gave them to control. Yeah. Yeah. But, if, if you went and, out into the
1: wild and yeah, and set and up
3: Wi-Fi
2: them. networks so that they could actually use it. Because, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah.
1: Um, I mean, you know that. Sure. Why not? I if guess you're, you you're going to do it for research. If you purposes. brought kids in, then sure. Yeah, but there, yeah.
2: I think you could do that in a way that would be that would not require uh, the the actual doll. Like in that sense, you would you could just set up a, a camera and microphone in a in a room and have regular toys for the kid to play with. Because I I guess you could have the interactive doll and that would help you just listen to the kids' responses. But you don't need the interactive doll. Like there's no – you wouldn't be looking at the back end at all for the doll. But once you've got it, you know.
3: Mainly I'm just saying we need to learn more about the evil heart of man from what children (laughs) say to their dolls because a lot of what they say (laughs) to their dolls is quite disturbing.
2: Also. <laughs> really? I don't remember ever having disturbing conversations with my, oh, my action oh, figures. Oh, this is a thing. People abuse their
3: dolls, don't they? Yeah, like, yeah, Barbies, dolls. yeah, yeah, especially, especially Barbies.
1: Yeah. That's a thing.
3: I encountered it okay. when I was a child. I remember this. Anyway, okay. I'm what, feeling but, bad now.
2: I I never <laughs> abused my action figures. You're clearly no, much
1: better adjusted they
2: than we ad, are. We went on adventures. I <laughs> did occasionally land. come yeah, off. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, so
3: back to Happy Land. Yes. I want to see Hello Barbie based art tech projects. I, I had an idea just earlier as we were talking. So you've seen um, Twitter bots play spam tennis, right? Where, uh-huh. Like we talked about that in a mm-hmm. podcast not too long ago. The one about what happens when a robot breaks the law. You, you can get bots talking to each other. They're They're designed to respond when people talk to them. What happens if a bot talks to a bot? They just keep talking back and forth. Yeah. Garbage. What happens if you have Barbie talk to Barbie?
1: <laughs> I wonder. I wonder if she if she's good enough to uh to hear that it's another Barbie talking and to be like, "Hey, fellow self, yeah. how you doing?" <laughs> oh, I'm great, fellow self. Like, I don't know, like that. Or
3: or what I imagined is they could actually <laughs> do the thing that uh, Doc Brown talks about in Back to the Future too, where if you see yourself <laughs> from the future, you could destroy the entire universe.
1: Yeah. Yeah,
2: I just imagine a GI Joe playset just starting to smolder in the background. <laughs> <laughs> it's just affecting like toys. Um, I I suspect that while we I don't know exactly who initiates conversations using this toy, right? I I don't I assume that it's the child. So I assume that you hold down the the belt buckle that activates the microphone and the child ends up saying something or the owner, whomever, mm-hmm. says something into the microphone, that prompts the beginning. So uh you would first have to be able to time that out just right, right? So that the you get the first response from Barbie number one as you're holding down the belt buckle for Barbie number two, so that the response from Barbie one goes into the microphone of Barbie two. Then you'd have to time it out so that you could do the same thing when right. Barbie number 2 starts speaking to Barbie I'm number sure 1. I'm
3: sure somebody could come up with, like, some kind of little Arduino setup that uh, that has them go back and forth <laughs> or automatically. Or you could just use
2: your fingers, too. I mean... <laughs> that
3: is so 20th
2: century, Jonathan. <laughs> like, I'm just thinking, did like, you it, hear
3: about the TVs that you, you have to be able to say things to them rather than pressing buttons with your fingers? Look, I
2: love a Rube Goldberg device as much as the next guy. I'm just saying it's not always necessary to do something simple. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I would also be interested to see what would happen. Like how long would that exchange go before it would break down? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and, and just how how convincing is this actually going to be to, to a kid? Yeah. Like yeah and you know, because the the, the age range for, for toys like this is pretty enormous in terms of childhood. I mean, you yeah. know, at anything from, you know, like older than the age of might eat Barbie's hand and die. Right. Up through up through puberty, I yeah. like that, you know, at yeah. least, uh, is within the marketing range of this kind of toy. So is it going to be the thing, like, when we were kids and talking toys came out and we were just like, this is the lamest thing I've ever seen in my life? Uh, I went
2: on adventures with my talking well- toys.
1: <laughs> Maybe, again, you sound like you were much more better adjusted than I was Jonathan but, but no. I do
3: think I, I think this is a pretty cool idea and I'm, I'm excited to see where speech recognizing toys go in the future yeah it is way cooler than what they had when I was a kid which was just like you know the pull string talking toys right or, well there's a button. snake
2: in my boots right yeah.
3: or the, uh, the I think they had some diaper wedding baby dolls when I was a kid yeah sure
2: yeah, yeah. well and and perennial really talking about career aspirations is just cooler than wedding diapers. <laughs> well, and this technology, this this ability to uh for for speech and voice recognition and responses and using voice control uh, as a user interface is something we're going to continue to see creep into more and more technology around us. And I think the the objections to Hello Barbie do bring up some points that we need to be Aware of just moving forward in general, especially like we've talked about the Internet of Things a lot on this show, and I love the idea of the Internet of Things. But even I, as someone who is truly enthusiastic about that technology, I recognize that with the wrong implementation or the wrong level of awareness, it could end up being – problematic at best because of the fact that there are some really serious privacy concerns and some security uh, issues that you have to think about. And make sure you design everything properly. There was a recent story about people hacking uh, into Wi-Fi networks using uh, a Nest thermostat as an entry point. Yes. So that's mm-hmm. the sort of stuff that you have to be aware of. If you're going to have this interconnectivity with all these different devices – you need to make certain that you keep security at a level that is going to be manageable, but also effective enough to discourage most attacks. Now, keep in mind, most of us are pretty safe from the 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 elite hackers out there. It's, it's the folks that have access to uh, tools but are not necessarily uh, willing to go and put forth a lot of effort to break into a security system that we need to really be cognizant of. Mm-hmm. Most of us. Uh, obviously, if you hold an important position somewhere or you are in the public eye, then it may be different for you. But for the most of us, we just have to worry about that lower level of security. But it still means that we need to keep that in mind. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just going to be something that we have to look for, both for speech and voice recognition type of, of technologies and just general technologies that gather information about the area and send it off somewhere in order for there to be uh, a reaction in your environment because that's always going to pose a potential privacy issue and if we're aware of it we can implement this technology properly in a way that benefits us without putting us to great risk at least that's that's my kind of opinion about it I know some people are a little more a, a more cautious than I am and I don't blame them oh, one sure. bit.
1: well you know in, in that case uh, put put electrical tape over your webcam, Yeah, viewers. And don't buy your kid a Barbie doll.
2: I know. I know people, people who are just as enthusiastic about technology as I am, who regularly put a post-it note over a webcam. Mm -hmm. Uh, I know folks who are, you know, they're not and they're not paranoid, but they just they recognize the potential Mm -hmm. that this technology has means of both benefiting us and possibly being uh, a a security or privacy issue. And and acknowledging that is the responsible thing to do. Uh, acknowledging it and making sure that we are as responsible as possible moving forward means that we can ensure that we have the cool, awesome future and not the creepy Orwellian future. Joe, what do you think? You've been kind of quiet. I'm just listening. <laughs> You're just recording everything for the future, despite the fact that we've li- literally recorded this. <laughs> and you can literally go back and listen to it whenever you want.
3: Well, yeah, later I'm going to analyze the transcript and then figure out how to sell you a car. Or That'll a, be
2: uh, a heck of a sale, uh, or just sale. another
3: doll, maybe. Okay,
2: <laughs> doll, doll, you have a much better shot at. <laughs> like Jonathan, I know you don't drive, but hey, <laughs> if,
3: you stri- if you tape a bunch of dolls together, mm. you can use them as a sled to get down the street.
2: But... <laughs> I used to go on sledding adventures with my action figures. Well, that about wraps up this episode of Forward Thinking. Do you guys have any other closing thoughts you want before we we? Say goodbye to our beloved listeners.
1: I think I'm more creeped out by a sled made of Barbies than I am by, like, random strangers listening to things that my hypothetical children say into a microphone. So good job, Joe. You found
3: something that totally creeps me out. Uh, Maybe I'd be more creeped out about this if I had kids. I don't know. It just seems... Pretty interesting to me.
2: <laughs> yeah, and and that's to also be fair. None of us in this room have kids, so we're we're also coming from this from the the standpoint of people who are interested in technology, but also aware of the potential pitfalls. But we don't have a personal stake in this. We sure, lack sure.
3: sufficient paranoia. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, but but so if you guys, uh, if, if you are in the market, either you're yourself, if you are in this, this demographic that is interested in owning this doll, yeah. or uh, or if you do have children and have an opinion about all of this, uh, let us know. How yeah. can they do that, Jonathan?
2: Well, they can write to us. And I would recommend writing to us if you're going to express an opinion that's going to take more than, say, 140 characters. Send us an email. That email address is fwthinking at howstuffworks.com or you can drop us a line on Twitter on Google Plus on Facebook at Twitter and Google Plus we are fw thinking go to facebook search fw thinking will pop right up you can leave us a message. And uh, if you have suggestions for future topics, definitely let us know. We've got a list of those that we're going through, and, and we love hearing from you guys. Uh, and you, and your ideas are fantastic. Often you suggest things that just hadn't occurred to us, and they end up being some of our strongest and most interesting episodes. So please continue to let us know what you think, and we will talk to you again
0: really soon. For more on this topic and the future of technology, visit ForwardThinking.com. Brought to you by Toyota. Let's go places.